0: Good evening, good people of the Catskills and beyond, particularly to those listening to me down south where northern winters have come to visit you. I'm speaking to you, my brother David, down there where it's supposed to be warm and it's not. Uh, Hopefully tonight will warm the cockles of your heart. And for the rest of you, you don't need to be warmed. You're probably sitting cozy by your fire. Or you are taking your Range Rovers back to Brooklyn right now to start your work week in front of your computer. Um, you know, last week, Valentine's Day, uh, I, I made an observation. Actually, last week, it was only a theory that people only come on the show once, that they are afraid or they're irritated or they're confused by me and they never come back again. And, and I announced at the end of the show with uh, Daniel Lieberman that I was having Joe Desalvo on and that we were going to talk about some really exotic things because he's a very exotic guy. And guess what? He canceled on me, which which takes it from a theory, right? When you when it proves out, it goes from theory to law. So my guest tonight needs to know, this is the only time she's ever probably gonna be on the show. And be, before I introduce her, um, this is a person I've never met before. I've got to tell you, when I heard that my guest had canceled on me, I was driving over the mountains wondering, well, here I am again. I'm going to be solo in the show. What am I going to talk about? And I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll just entertain everybody for an hour about all my near-death experiences and then throw out some ideas on why I've lost all the socks, umbrellas, and bad habits of my life. And as I'm putting the show together in my head, I stop at the Speedway in Margaretville, and I walk in to grab a handful of uh, Slim Jims and a Diet Coke. And I look over. And there is this person sitting at the table. And she's got this pile of gas station hot dogs in front of her. It was, it was both appalling and magnificent. And she was eating them like it was a Coney Island competition. And between these hot dogs, she was eating handfuls of crunchy Cheetos and washing it down with real root beer. And I was compelled to walk up and stare at her. I was, I was fascinated that there could be such a creature among us. And, and, and I was compelled to ask her the question. And I did. She didn't pay any attention to me, but I, I shouted out, Why are you doing that? and she slowly looked over towards me and she grinned at me. And, and it was a grin that was filled with pink chunks of hot dog. Her lips were powdered with orange and there was this effervescent sort of root beer about her. And she, in that grin, she, she, uh, she said, um, she repeated my question. She said, why am I doing this? And she said, I don't know. But that's why I'm doing it so well. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, I, I am not worthy. I, I am going to drop to the knee of a goddess, and I'm going to ask her the next question. And I did, and I dropped down, and she went back to pounding these hot dogs down, ignoring her. But I brought my hands up in the form of prayer, and I looked at her, and I asked her the question. And the question was, will you be on the evening tickler tonight and she looked up at at me and she said why and 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 so here we are here we are with the question why in our laps and i've got this incredible gas station hot dog eater with me tonight who as far as i'm concerned is a small soft goddess her name is leah and and she from what i've learned in the few moments that i've been with her has not superpowers she's among us she has a sense of humor and, and in spite of her diet she's slim and beautiful and she has uh, colors in her hair that probably come from the from the nitrates in the hot dogs hey, your hair is really it's been stained by your diet i got it it's kind of attractive but it's kind of you know like not natural it, it, does that happen in the rest of you too, um, Leah? Are you, are you a natural person or an unnatural person?
1: I'd say I'm natural everywhere except my hair.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, I'd say I. Your
0: brain is kind of a
1: natural brain. Pretty natural. Yeah.
0: Well, lucky you. How'd you how'd you avoid all the unnatural that exists in this world? You know, there's a lot of unnatural going on.
1: Oh, because I grew up going to a socialist summer camp, so you know mm. when you when you do that,
0: you were indoctrinated, huh?
1: Yeah, early on, and so you know we hugged trees and damn the man and all those things. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you've uh, uh, you know, from a fatherly point of view, when I look at you, I, I would say you have really grown up into an outstanding young woman, uh, even even with the unnatural hair the rest of you evidently is just quite natural now when you walk into a crowd of strangers you know um like a gas station and there aren't people around like me who can really appreciate you um how do you go about immediately making them your best friends because I have a feeling that you've got that ability to make people you have uh
1: well I am my mother's daughter uh, and we like to I'm begrudgingly grudgingly, my mother's daughter, and yeah. I think as you oh, get that's older, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> you find that. Yeah. Hey,
0: mom, you, is mom listening? She might be. She, right. If she can figure that, out mom? how
1: to make the link work, she's listening. <laughs> okay. uh You get older, and you figure out how much like your, yeah, in course. this case, mother that you might be. Yeah. Uh, we like to give her a hard time. We say she plays twenty questions. Yeah. She uh, grills you, but in. In an, in an endearing way, not in an aggressive way. Or ask my sister, she might have a different opinion. But uh, it manages to make connection with people. And I figured out that I'm a person who asks lots of questions as well. Yeah. Particularly when I don't know a person. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: great. So you've got a little bit of social courage about you because a lot of people shy away from just stepping into a stranger because there are a lot of psychopaths out there. Oh, there are a lot, yeah. And you never know what you're going to get back when you go in with a big smile full of like hot dog bits. Yeah. But one of the things, maybe because I'm so special that I noticed about you and and the way that you introduced yourself to me was that um, when we sat down in the studio, I had assured her I wasn't an axe murderer and that it was the evening tickler and that we would be using magpie feathers tonight rather than the typical peacock feathers, which kind of endeared her to me. She pulled out of her bag, um, a bottle of wine and a diet Coke. And she asked me, well, which would you like? And somehow she knew instinctively that um, I liked them both. So um, there, there wasn't any doubt that our budding relationship was going to be super duper califragilistic, expellidocious. How how did you know to show up here with wine and soda?
1: I think uh I'm pretty good at reading people. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been told that. You yeah. know, people yeah. I, I'm the type of person where I start talking to someone I don't really know and then they say to me, I don't know why, I just like opened up to you and I told uh, you all these things. I'm like Yeah, yeah. That's what happens with people. And so I feel like upon meeting you, yeah. though, knowing you very little, yeah, it was like you could, I could see into your soul a bit.
0: Yeah, that's because I just fell in love with you gobbing down those hot dogs. <laughs> you, you knew that you, I was a kindred spirit. Um, so there is there is a question that I want to ask you, uh, Leah, hot dog, stranger woman, if if you, with this power that you've uh, just shared with us, were to be um, discovered and shaped into a character by Marvel Comics (sighs) and a feature film was made of you, what would your not only superpower be, but what would your costume be?
1: Oh my God! Well, let's do the costume first because that's very clear. A lot of color. I've deemed myself the (laughs) the uh, Antichrist of Bovina Uh uh, because I refuse to paint my house white. Uh I've just bought a house in Andes and 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 I'm renovating a bit, just basic stuff, repainting floors, things like that. And I don't know if you've walked into a lot of houses in Bovina, but they're all you know cottage core white, chic, very beautiful, very beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I, I have given many, many a bovine a heart attack with my Robin eggs, blue wall, ah. mauve, pink bedroom. Ah. I've got a baby yellow bedroom, yeah. sage green. So, you know, uh, whatever my costume is, it would obviously be very bright.
0: <laughs> and so when the, um, when the graphic novel introduces you yeah. as the new character in the Marvel um, uh, sort of uh, pantheon of characters and we walk through your front door and then we start to walk through your home what room are we going to find you in the kitchen the bedroom the bathroom the living room the spa the uh, the dungeon in the basement with the chains and the whips uh, Where where is it you're going to be
1: I only go to the dungeon when I need to I try not to spend too much time down there not enough color um, like, actually, the best room in my house is uh, I've got this um, I've got this dining room that's a odd L shape. Uh, I don't know. It's a dining room. It's a living room. It's anything you want it to be. And uh, on the end of the L shape, uh, I've just got one couch and the window just faces the mountains. And it's the best view I've ever seen. And so I spend all of this time there, even though the the, the room itself is hardly a room and maybe the least interesting of spaces, but that view just draws you in. Yeah. So I'd probably be sitting there. You'd
0: be sitting there now. Do you think that the L in the shape of this room stands for love, lechery, um, longing? Uh, can you think of some other? Uh, Leah. Leah. The Leah Room. Oh, Leah oh that's room. so apparent and so natural, which yeah. proves the fact that you are kind of a natural person, even though yeah. I suspect that you're really not. Um, <laughs> and so what would be on the table when the comic book starts to develop your character? What, what would you be sitting there and, and how would your table be set?
1: Uh, well, probably I'd have a bottle of wine. Yeah. Why? Well, I love wine. I work in <gasps> wine. I drink a lot of wine. Heart
0: be still. Yeah. Man, in between hot dogs, you like drink that wine. Huh?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I have a I have a pedestrian taste in food, but uh, uh-huh. a, a really yeah, well, the elegant taste in <laughs> drinks. Beer. Yeah.
0: But like my daddy told my son, the only way to keep your head in line is drinking that wine, wine, wine. Uh, and did you grow up drinking wine.
1: Not really. I mean, my parents always had wine with dinner. Did they calm you
0: down by giving you wine?
1: No, my no. mother. You didn't need to be. My medicated? mother was not into encouraging childhood drinking, oh, uh, and I was, contrary to popular belief, a very big goody two shoes when I was a little you kid. Were. Oh yeah, I did not like. That's my, perfect. My Marvel Comics yeah.
0: likes to walk you in on the innocent road and then take you into the woods.
1: Yeah. No, I did not break rules. No. Yeah. I did not you're lie. Like
0: Clark Kent in no. a female outfit.
1: Yeah. I was I was so morally good. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't really drink but when I was you become
0: yeah. morally good as a child either because God has touched you or you're scared to death of the consequences of stepping out of
1: I like to believe it was the former. Yeah. But let's be honest, it's <laughs> the latter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Jew. Yeah, you, you get I live a life of <laughs> guilt and anxiety.
0: Perfect. I know there's that anvil in the in the living room that you get drug over and pounded flat as a veal chop with salad on top if you don't behave. Um, and so you had a sib. And, and was she treated equally? Was she also? Well, was, she, was was she, just,
1: she was the rebel in the family. There you go. Yeah, she had the parties. She drank the Older beer. Older sister? Older, yeah. yeah. Paved the way for me to to do whatever Exhausted I wanted. Exhausted
0: your parents, yeah. right? So, <laughs> very
1: much so. Yeah. They had to wait almost six years to have me. Yeah. It was exhausting. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, so you survived your childhood. But let's get back to the table. So okay. you've got the wine, and do you, do you have any plates or any food bits around?
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Something I made myself. I'm also a chef.
0: Oh, I thought yes. you said that your tastes were pedestrian, but you're. Only when I'm at
1: gas stations.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. Let's keep that. Well, that's part of your charm. Um, so you're a chef along yeah. with being a small or whatever you call yourself. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, You sell wine.
1: I sell wine, yeah. Yeah. I know a bit about wine. More than most, less than many.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people a long time ago would say that's the path to perdition, to be in the business of selling the devil's own, like, lipstick. How did you get involved with uh, making a business out of this passion?
1: It was a long, it was a long road. But uh, the most recent part of that road was that i used to before this job working in wine i was working um running high tech scavenger hunts <laughs> as team building events for businesses and corporations.
0: Yeah. I have oh, never <laughs> Marvel's going to love yeah. this idea. There's
1: never been a day when I could say I... to someone, "Oh, I'm an accountant" or like something that people were just like, "Oh yeah, I know exactly what you do and I don't need to ask a hundred questions" because I've never I had one year after college where I worked for a nonprofit and after that I said I never ever want to work in an office and I never want to do anything by the books. <laughs>
0: So um, um, as an attractive single woman mm-hmm. in that scene, uh, and let's paint it, it's, the, it's that dark, smoky, beautiful high-end bar at the St. Regis. And you're sitting there in a beautiful black cocktail dress with your pearls and uh, your your wrist is gently stroking a long, lovely, cool glass of Chardonnay. And a man comes up who looks appropriately appropriate. And um, in New York, they, they, you know, the question comes out. Well, what do you do? And you say twenty questions. Has anybody ever guessed that you you did high tech scavenger hunts? No.
1: No. Oh that, God, no. That's impossible. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. That was.
0: And you got paid for that.
1: Oh yeah, I got paid. It was fun. It was a great job. It was. Um, and you
0: invented that. You invented no. yourself.
1: Uh, no, it fell in my lap. Oh. Uh, I came to New York. In 2010, based on a tarot card reading, I was living in Bali, and that's what you do in Bali—you get what? tarot card readings. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: my agents <laughs> at uh, Marvel are starting to get very interested in this. Yeah,
1: they the, should be. They should be. The
0: bridge from Bali to New York was a high-tech scavenger hunt scam. Yeah. And so. In 2010, this is okay.
1: Yeah. No, this was this was. Uh, this is
0: when you were like 14 years old.
1: Give or take, maybe eight. Yeah. Uh, I was working in a restaurant when I first arrived in a in a kitchen, and uh, about a year into that job, it literally just landed on my lap. This company that was based in San Francisco was looking for a new person to run their scavenger hunts in New York, and I had been recommended through somebody. And uh, I said, sure, of course, because I love to be in front of people. I used to do theater when I was younger uh-huh. and I'm a double Gemini. So yeah. I thrive on people.
0: Yeah. And so did you have to do the selling and then the construction of, or was that kind Just of a the construction? Did you have to invent the scavenger hunts? No.
1: Uh, I mean, we, each one, we had like templates and then each one was customized. Yeah. And then depending on what the The client was paying we could invent whatever they wanted and so the level of customization just depended on what they were what they were willing to spend really yeah
0: so in a game like that there are winners and there are losers Uh, yeah and so how would you handle the because companies are very competitive and this this was all employee based right yeah they didn't get clients involved with it and so how would you deal with the collateral damage of that one person you know being able to hit the pinata and everybody else is a loser Mm -hmm.
1: Steve, have you ever seen a grown man cry in front of his colleagues? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, several times. As yeah, matter that was fact. basically my life That's, for seven I loved, years. I love, I seeing that. Yeah. I
0: love seeing grown men yeah. weep. Um, yeah.
1: God, because they they can't they, get a they, trivia question they, right, or they didn't find the right actor hidden in a bar. Yeah, it's that just, was my life for seven years. What
0: is it about me and many other people that take such glee in people that are just so weak <laughs> that they cannot stand to lose a game of? Uh, a game like that.
1: Yeah. Um, a Totally meaningless game that and, nobody actually is keeping track of. Yeah. And you
0: know what's even better is that when that, that person starts to cry and you look at them and you start to laugh at them, it makes them cry more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fabulous.
1: Yeah. So I, I had to be part therapist, uh, part, <laughs> part MC.
0: Did you have like... Um, Little gifts for like they do in school today, where everybody gets a
1: trophy. Yeah. Um, so oh, that's that's so awful. Well, so, no. So our gifts uh, were things like um, a rubber chicken for the losing team, the uh, world's largest pair of underwear. Like we oh, good. Did get loser, gifts loser for all the gifts, teams. Yeah, yeah, and then a and then a trophy, like a kitschy trophy for the. And would you team. do all of the announcing? Of oh that? yes, that oh. was my that was our big role.
0: And um, um, what was your costume when you did that?
1: So we had to wear. Uh, we are like our costume. Spandex. No better uh, was a an bright orange jumpsuit modeled after the 1995 Beastie Boys world tour. It was an actual flight suit. Actually, we would order these very nice yeah. flight suits, um, and people. Let me tell you, people loved that suit. It it, it worked functionally for us because, because when you have 100 200 300 people and yeah. you are standing in a bright orange jumpsuit you're identifiable you're yeah. easy to, to and it's very
0: washable if somebody throws something at you deeply washable yeah. that's good
1: threaten it in the wash many times did
0: you ever get threatened or did anybody ever come up to you and slip you a couple hundred and say you know uh, give me a couple of clues Oh, people try to bribe us all the
1: time. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. That's America. Yeah. No. And I was always always a stickler for the rules because, you know, the morals. I grew up morally.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well.
1: But then if you sweet-talked me enough, I'd probably throw some extra points your way.
0: Yeah. Well. You could have been a contender, but you played by the rules, and here you are selling wine in the Cascals. So, so they kicked
1: me out eventually. No, they didn't. Course, me. Right. So,
0: <laughs> seven yeah. years of
1: running these games, and I find Seven years? Seven years, yeah. And it that, was, your
0: whole body reinvents itself in seven years, so you entered from Bali as this pure, yeah. innocent little creature, and you left as this corrupted, older— Person, everything had been replaced except for your brain ball. The nerds, Basically, right? yeah.
1: Listen to this, Steve. When I started that job, we were using web-enabled cell phones, and when I left, we had an iPhone app. So, you know, it was yeah. Like, That's
0: seven years. Really, seven the world, years. the world really. There's a lot changed. So that was from nine, 2010 to 2019.
1: Uh, I started with them around 2011, and I ended around 28 is 1718 kind of around then and um, I, I just it, it just had run its course I had been doing it for seven years and it just felt time to like yeah sure because it on. drove
0: you to drink and you decided it to take your to avocation into a an, uh, vocation and, and yeah. so you started to sell the wines that you would so enjoyed numbing yourself with
1: not quite uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And wow. so uh, I was really excited. I got introduced to natural wine by a friend. I'd been drinking it and geeking out on it. Um, I'd always thought a lot about food and uh, making food where it comes from, food systems. I was an environmental studies major in college, all of this. Yeah. I had never thought about what we drink in that context. Yeah. So I really got excited when I got introduced to yeah. natural wine. Now
0: listen, good people out there listening to The Evening Tickler with Leah when she started to talk about getting excited about these natural wines she started to move like an elgin movement she started to shake herself and shimmy and her hands came up like she was a northern italian and, and yeah i'm and,
1: northern italian oh
0: okay so there you go and and it was um, if there had been a camera on her you would have realized that for the first time in the evening tickler there was somebody that was expressing an idea with sincerity it was i mean this is a first on the tickler that somebody is actually (laughs) showing themselves for what they are with the passionate enthusiasm that underpins the whole definition and um it might take me a minute to recover from that but so you 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 didn't know what you were going to do and of course when you don't know what you're going to do and you're from bali and you're kind of like a hippie Jewish moral chick, excuse me, for all of that stuff, any road will take you there. And so the beautiful thing about being in a place like that is like what odd occurrence happened that put you up against the idea of I like natural wines that I geek out on and I could take this into a profession.
1: Well, what I did was what I do, which is go big or go home. Yeah. Much like oh, a pile of hot dogs and eight bags yeah. of Cheetos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're Mor- going to Mar- do it. It's
0: a Marvel comic concept. Just do it, yeah, right? superpower.
1: So someone might, you know, <laughs> work their way in transition. I quit my job and I moved to Australia with no contacts. I had like a couple of personal friends who lived in Australia, but no wine contacts. Uh, But I I knew there was a lot of exciting stuff happening there with natural wine. And I decided, you know, uh, I'm just going to go see what I can do. Wow. And I met one of the guys who makes this wine the first night I was Yeah, we're drinking Brian
0: wine. May I have another touch of Brian? Um, So, uh, okay, so everybody's on to this because we're talking about the creation myth of Leah. And if you are so lucky to meet her um, in in any guise, uh, you will be able to know where she came from and why she um, is so sort of uh, iridescently attractive. Okay, so without any prior knowledge, she gives up a seven year gig with her feet in a known place, flies around the world and ends up in a new world knowing really nothing about that new world and nothing about where she might go. Mm. Right. And so the fates literally have got their lips against her lips and she has to be willing to, to give it a good pucker to go where it needs to go. And so there we are with your story, Leah, how did you pucker up to this opportunity or this, this crisis?
1: The, First night I was there, I find myself at the soft opening for a brand new natural wine bar in Sydney that happens to be opened by, amongst other people, a man named Mike Benny, who is perhaps one of the, if not the foremost authority on natural wine in Australia, one of. One of the most phenomenal wine writers and perhaps the best human being I've ever met. We hit it off what like gangbusters. That's what they say these days, right? Yeah,
0: well, a house on fire. Too. Like a
1: house on fire yeah. and just immediately connected. We talked for three hours. And he offered to introduce me to everybody. And through him, I ended up meeting a whole host of winemakers. I traveled around the country, and I spent time with various people making wine. They were making wine. I was observing and hanging out, helping out a little bit here and there. Um, and I just soaked it all up. Uh, he, in his space would give classes in his, uh, wine shop above his wine shop. I would go and do classes. He will sit down uh, most days. He will blind taste. He, he gets tons of wines and he puts them in paper bags, labels them one through 20 on any given day. And he goes through and he blind tastes them every day. And he would invite me to do that with him. And, you know, he said, one of the most important things to stay on top of wine is to continue to taste and continue to taste. And so through knowing him, he really became like a best friend and a mentor. Um, and I spent three months in Australia until they kicked me out. I think it was a 90-day visa, visa. visa. blew out. Yeah, and I left on like day 89. Yeah. <laughs> and I came back to New York with no plan and hustled. And within a month, I had the job that I have So okay. natural wine.
0: And so um, the deal is this, that um, to meet an influential like Michael, uh, many are called, but few are chosen. What was it, knowing not a lot about wine, in front of Michael that convinced him that you were worthy of his time and that you were going to be mentored by him?
1: Oh, because of that heart. I mean, immediately, we went deep immediately. Uh-huh. We connected on my dead dad. We talked about everything. Yeah, He's a
0: Jew too, yeah. not a
1: ton of them in Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: that and cosmic connection. Cosmic good.
1: connections and both of us just go so deep. So
0: you were both like Menches, right?
1: Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. And both of us are, are people who literally just... There's no small talk. There's no mm. small talk. Mm. And so when you connect with another person who functions that way, things get really intense really fast. Yeah.
0: So um, the two of you were like a matchstick with two strike-on-any-surface heads on both ends, right? Yes. And you, you both immediately struck it up, if you will, and started to incandescently burn, yes, uh, now who was holding who was holding the matchstick is was this God, or was it fate, or was it maybe you that had like secretly just known that you would be that person holding this unusual match
1: i think uh I think it's a real combination right i I think there's an essence of things bigger than ourselves having a hand. But yeah. then there's the actions you take. And yeah. I i am nothing if not tenacious. Yeah, yeah. So
0: and so <clears throat> how long can you hold that match before it burns down and makes you go owie? Was it 89 days before you had to, was that good to break the intensity and come leave it and then come back and then start it in a new iteration?
1: Um, I would have stayed longer if I could, Yeah. but also I'd like to say, um, as like sexy as this story sounds, I was having mental breakdowns every other day being like, what am I doing? I'm 30 <laughs> some years old and I've uh-huh. just quit my job and I have no income and I don't know what I'm doing with my life and I am, you know, irresponsible and all of these things. So... You know, it's very fun in hindsight because I weathered it all and did create a really sustainable life for myself. But in the process of it, I was not as graceful and glamorous as I like to tell.
0: You know, um, if this was one of those games where the path and the story could split off into uh, multiple different ways. And um, one of those mental breakdowns had... Taken you out of Sydney, mm. and out of Michael's tutorage, and put you onto the edge of the great Australian desert with the Aboriginal people, and 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 you entered the world of a, a Bruce Chatwin songlines thing, where where just naked with body paint you walked out into the the bleaching sun and realities of this other underworld world. Um, would you have survived that? I mean, you seem like a really good survivor. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, I would have. Those
0: aboriginals would have loved you up. (laughs) Particularly with some body paint. Uh, Uh, As long
1: as it's colorful, I'm uh, I'm down. uh,
0: What's that instrument they play, the DG or the... Oh, the didgeridoo. The didgeridoo. Did you ever hear that played there?
1: I did hear it played.
0: That's really a wicked thing. Yeah,
1: it's a wild instrument for sure. Uh, I think that if I was thrown into... um, that kind of a wild, earthbound natural situation, I would probably thrive. There's also a part of me that has had many of those. I, Yeah. I,
0: you know, in, in the movie, I can't remember what movie it was, but it was about the, it was the right stuff. And, and it was the uh, Mercury 7, the first astronauts that went up. Scott Carpenter was the second guy up. <clears throat> and um, he, he was never allowed, just like people on my show, They only once. He, he was kicked off. <laughs> um, because when he got up there, um, he looked out of his little portal and and he saw all of these little glowing things flowing around his capsule. And he broke protocol. He's, he's he thought, "Oh my God, I'm up in space. I'm like the fourth person in the world to do this. And I see something that looks like a bioluminescence. You know." Uh, uh, dinoflagellate creatures. And so he started to move the capsule around, which which is really not part of the program. Um, and he came down and they said, never again are you going up there. <laughs> but in the movie, when he sees those little glowing things around, it shoots down to Australia. And there are all of these aboriginals around a fire playing that, that DG you do yeah yeah thank you for that and and all of these sparks come up right and the sparks go up to the sky and then it goes into the blackness and it and it blends with the capsule up there in space with Scott Carpenter in it looking at the same thing and and i thought that was just such a beautiful um, idea of the way life through its accidents and its beauty and pattern sort of uh, formation come out and it was a beautiful piece of film but it's also kind of like what you're describing your life to be where with unintended consequences in your wanderings you found patterns that fit perfectly yeah. right, unusual fits that just made sense when did you feel like the mental breaks <laughs> were going to stop because you were on, the, you were on a path
1: uh, probably when I came back to New York, and once I got this job I currently have, it was um, an it was a moment where, for my entire adult life, from the time I graduated college until this time, I sort of was thinking to myself, I don't really know what I'm doing. I mean, does anyone know? But like it didn't make sense. Like other people have this very clear cut path and they go to this graduate school and then they get this job that makes sense from what they did. And I was just kind of all over the place in a way. But then when I got this current job, it sort of like made sense like, Oh, this is what it was all leading up to like this new stage in my life. And this, the, the things I had done with the scavenger hunts had very well prepared me to deal with difficult clients. (laughs) And the things I had done in my food stuff before had, had prepared me to deal with like the concepts around these natural wines and the things that, you know, so it just like all of a sudden made like, Oh, I get it. I mean, we're still evolving. I'm still evolving. I'm only, hopefully I'm still evolving. I'm only 38 and change, but Uh, there was this kind of moment where it felt like, oh, this is coming together. And I see why it went the way it went, even though in the moment it was very confusing.
0: And so when that moment happened, was it a eureka moment or was it just a slow dawning that you were, that the shape you had become was the right shape? Slow dawning. Slow dawning. Yeah. And, and when it finally, when you were able to say to yourself, yes, did you have a party? And did you invite all your friends in and say, look at my shape. It is just, <laughs> it's it's taken good. me a few years, but here it shape. is. right? Yeah. And look at this outfit.
1: Um, prior to COVID, I had as many parties as I could. I love to throw dinner parties. Yeah. So uh, uh, I probably did, without even knowing it, have yeah, that party.
0: You probably did. Um, so why, when the Marvel comic uh, sort of graphic novel walks into the L-shaped living mm-hmm. room and sees you in the room, you not have it full of service and people gobbing away on hot dogs or whatever it is that you don't serve that at home but you know so to speak Um, why is that why was that not part of your definition there for Marvel Comics
1: well I think part of it is uh, the time in our lives at the moment so it doesn't even occur to me to imagine time with people right which is the saddest thing I think I've had come out I, of my I'm, mouth in a, I
0: am so with you on that. I'm really feeling it it's this like bleak part of the winter too. Yeah. yeah,
1: and 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 this, I will be totally honest since I know you and all of our listeners very well. Uh, this is all a, three of them. A, all yes. three of them. Hi, everybody. Hi, Christian's everybody. listening. Hi, Christian. Um, so. Uh, It's been a really, really tough time for me. I think it's been a tough year for everybody. But um, as a person who has built a life around external relationships and 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 like I'm such an extroverted person, my life revolves around doing things bigger than myself. And I've always had trouble just being by myself, which was one of the reasons I traveled around the world for about a year and a half by myself after college. And one of the reasons I did was because it was hard for me to be alone. And I wanted to develop that muscle. Um, but but being pushed into a place where I don't choose to be alone but feel forced to be alone has been really, really hard. Um, and so uh, I'm now in this time in my life where I'm really, really trying to like enjoy my own company but in a new way. Um, not the way that I did when I was in my 20s um, but in this new way of being like, like, this is it. This is the person you have to depend on, so you better make right of this relationship. And, and So
0: I th- how does that – what does that sound like, the, this person that you have to entertain, enjoy, could control um, with uh, 24 hours a day, kind of no-dinner-party person?
1: Uh, ask that in a new you way. You read,
0: you read, you dance, you uh, – Oh,
1: uh, meditate.
0: Meditate. Yeah, in the I morning?
1: got yeah, in the morning. Um, I I ask myself the question, what is it that would make me happy right now? And then I try to do that. Um, oh, I've got puzzles. Um, <laughs> you I, mean I, like uh, jigsaw? Like jigsaw? Oh, puzzles? oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, oh. oh my oh, head is in my yeah. hands,
0: right? I'd like to have you get back to the hot dogs, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that makes it, you happy.
1: Uh, it. Uh, I mean... W- in the absence of being with people, which is the top thing that tends to make me happy, um, I, I ask myself, like, what would make you happy? And and sometimes it's something as simple as doing a jigsaw puzzle or, um, you know, um, listening to a podcast that I want to hear or going on a walk. Um, I hate the winter. I hate the cold. The, the photo you drew of me is the most Im- Incredible thing ever because uh-huh. I I've always said I think that somewhere deep down I'm a tropical princess because yeah. I abhor cold weather yeah. but it seems more bearable up in the mountains yeah. and I am trying to embrace it so yeah. you know I take my dog out for a walk and go through the deep snow
0: yeah
1: um yeah just cook things that I want to cook
0: yeah
1: I'm like if I had a partner or people in my life like yeah. What would I do for them? You know, what would I do with them? What would I want from them, and how can I give that to myself?
0: Yeah, um, that seems to work for, um, and what you've said is a recipe I'm sure many people are cooking with right now. But th- there's this other thing, <clears throat> Leah. If I if I may be that personal with you at this, and I can drop the hot dog, gas station woman, uh, <laughs> name. <clears throat> the The mountains here. Um, just the way that um, they were designed, uh, by whatever hand, are made and attract people that really love to be isolated. They, they are. There's an intimacy that happens with the uh, geology of our mountains that brings people up here that really appreciate how it um, it separates. And and then there's this other very curious thing, because the people that come up here because of that have that time that, that you've just described right now, that right now is not a choice, but it's a COVID directive to contemplate and to consider and to apply hindsight and to self-love. And so there's this other thing about people that come up here that I find fascinating that's shared, and that's that... Um, the adoration of that time to isolate and go inward is is met with the reaction that happens when you walk out of yourself and you see somebody on that path and you say hello um, there's this immediate sort of kinship that that um that happens up here which is I don't know maybe in other rural areas this happens all the time but I think not. I think that there is some kind of magic dust in the air that brings people here that love to understand and love themselves and then raise their head up and find others that are um, as aware and as curious and on that same kind of journey. Um, and I think COVID has been extremely interesting in uh, kind of putting us Sort of a high octane gasoline mm-hmm. on that whole idea of love yourself and then walk out and, and share that with everybody else. I think there are a lot of people up here are kind of like that, like you. Yeah, not like me because I'm just a <laughs> grumpy old farmer. <laughs> um, it's uh, there are so many. Excuse me, and the FCC might like close me down, but there are so many badass, wonderful women, particularly that are up here finding this world to be very suitable for uh, who they are and where they're going to go. And this world up here is really embracing them Mm. in an unusual way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, There's a magic in the mountains up here, and I've felt that since I started coming to them.
0: You're capable of feeling magic? Yes. You have that witchy thing in you? Yeah,
1: I guess so. (laughs) I think we're all capable if we just shut up for long enough.
0: Uh, that's never going to happen with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's never going to happen with you either. No, I know. You're, you're a <laughs> you're a total gabber. <laughs> you are a gabber. Um, <laughs> so have you thought about the first party that you want to have when this nonsense? Oh, gosh. Is over? Yeah. And so what's tell us about your Dalia coming out of COVID. Party. Oh, my God.
1: My coming out party. <laughs> yeah. Oh, already. I'm trying to decide. And I actually had this <laughs> this mental conversation with myself with probably me. today uh-huh. because whenever this stuff is over uh also my renovation should be finished mm. <laughs> knock on wood um and so i'm trying to decide like would it be an indoor party to show off the inside of the house in the dining room because i have a nine foot dining room table i cannot tell you how yeah, excited baby. i got it on long island from a woman who's had it for 50 years yeah nine feet that's nice old oak gorgeous uh-huh. Or How wide? A, How wide is it? Uh, standard. Uh, what like is it like? Four, four or five feet. Four <laughs> so five. About two inches wide. <laughs> two
0: inches wide.
1: <laughs> <laughs> about nine feet and Get two inches. Get
0: people close together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Get to <laughs> know your neighbor. Oh. Uh, what? Like four and a half feet or something. By that's nine. really a wide yeah. table. it's incredible. And okay, so yeah. you
0: got the big party table. I've got this incredible You've got twelve people at that.
1: At least and I've got this great table. Or do
0: you have twelve friends?
1: Uh, if I re- if I yes, get convince some people to come, yeah. <laughs> sh- if free I call wine. in some favors,
0: I find that free wine and food yeah. brings them on. Okay.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I have I have a few people who owe me things. Okay, so um, you got
0: your yeah, how many people are going to be at your party?
1: I mean, really, when I start thinking, there, you know, there's first of all the community here that I uh, already am a bit tapped into, and hopefully will be more tapped into eventually. The people I want to like invite over and share my space with. And then there's the community of the people that I want to bring up to the house. So Uh community is incredibly important for me. And I bought this house, not for me. I bought it for me. And, and like, for me, the idea is it's a space for so many. I bought a, I, well I bought a four bedroom house I made it a three bedroom house but I bought this huge house because it was really important to me that it be a space that many people could be at yeah. um what is the good of a of a space if if I'm not enjoying it with other people um so there's in th- i mean really I want to have like 100 people well you people.
0: could no wait wait a second <laughs> no
1: I'm not going
0: to the point of a big house there are a lot of people that just love to wander around a big house yeah. by themselves. Not me. And um and slam the door in oh, in yeah. front of people's faces and It's fun and, to do, yeah. Um because you've got a big house now evidently. Oh yes. And you could use that for all sorts of you could you could go into carrot. you could go into Greta Garbo character. I, I know, I could. Uh, and
1: there's a, a a part of me that like wants to idealize the bourgeois you know uh entitled uh, woman um, yeah, absolutely holding her glass of chardonnay in her you know uh yeah, nightgown running through the house slamming doors all alone uh but <laughs>
0: there, I, have, I can introduce you to a lot of people that would love to witness that yeah <laughs> you know I could probably really have like drama. a
1: youtube channel doing it <laughs> but um but more importantly, I'd rather have the house full.
0: Okay. Um, all right. We're yeah. back We're back to the sincere. I can't stand <laughs> all this. Sincerity. I know. I'm a terribly sincere uh-huh. person.
1: Uh, look, I'm a, like I said, a double Gemini. So I live in two bodies and I am both incredibly sarcastic and never mean anything that I say. And I'm so deeply sincere. So yeah. go figure.
0: Well, that no, that's good. Confusion yeah. becomes you. So, okay, <laughs> let's get back to it. There, there are, uh, how many people are going to be at this first party? Oh. So all seated or is it going to be a wander around grab a brunchy type thing
1: like i like seated dinners i'm just a sucker for a seated dinner yeah i got you you know and uh so i envision a real dinner party um but the question is is it outdoor or indoor because you know i have all of this space outside too so i could set up tables outside and there could be this gorgeous outdoor space um, I'm thinking let's, let's be modest. It's the end of COVID and we, I want to invite a hundred people. This, we're
0: talking about August. Yeah. Really? I think it's going to happen August. I
1: think okay. even, Perfect at,
0: weather. honestly,
1: it, this summer, yeah. even though we won't have eradicated COVID by then, we'll yeah. be at a point where enough people are vaccinated and, and things are right. in a space where we could have a, a party. Okay. Um, but you know, I, I want to be a little modest, like 20, 30 people. Look, my Thanksgivings are usually about twenty to twenty-two people. Passover, let's not even talk twenty people. And I make everything, you know. So, like, <laughs> I make the gefilte fish. Come on, I make it all from scratch.
0: God, I, are I love all it. of you people listening to this? She's available. <laughs> She's beautiful. <laughs> She's making money. It's true. She's got a big house. Yeah. Come on. Send your cards and letters to the Evening Tickler please and uh we'll send you back uh sincere notes and uh and maybe you'll get invited to the coming out party maybe, maybe. if it's a, if it's a good note yeah okay okay so maybe okay so 30 people at the at the post covid party yeah let's say 30 at the Leah home 30 and I definitely
1: don't know 30 people <laughs> i put it on 12
0: well after the millions of people that listen to this (laughs) uh, show you you got three listeners who will come eating their spazzy doorstep and so uh, will it be themed or it will just be a love fest
1: just a love fest yeah Yeah. i mean now i was gonna say i don't do themed parties but then it's like oh my god come on like who doesn't love a ridiculous themed party i could get behind that in a heartbeat but no it'd probably just be like Great, wonderful food, things that are local, things that are in season, all of that, like, you know, rigmarole. Um, And just uh, connection. Yeah. That's all I want is connection with other people. Yeah.
0: Now, um, the best part of a dinner party is the next morning when you talk about all the hijinks and the silliness and the weirdness and bad behavior.
1: Who do you want to have that conversation with? I usually have that conversation with my mother because Uh (laughs) I. I developed this, I inherited this from my mother and father who used to throw incredible dinner parties. Uh I mean, that was my childhood, was watching them throw dinner parties. uh, Was he a corporate guy? No, they were both lawyers. Okay. Uh, And my mother said my father worked on the side of angels. Uh, He worked for the Department of Labor for a long time, the Office of Thrift Supervision, and then in private practice. And then my mother did social justice work. My entire life. And so... So you
0: had a lot of criminals at your dinner party. Lots
1: of criminals. Nice. We basically only entertained oh, criminals.
0: Perfect. <laughs> this is the Marvel comic right here.
1: So I grew up in Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. So we had uh, really interesting people all the yeah. time. Can
0: you drop a few names right now?
1: I, I can, but I... Well, I'll tell you one of my favorite stories <laughs> is growing up. So I, I went to one of the private schools in Washington, D.C., um, and uh one of the parties we went to you know when i was in high school one of the very few parties cuz i didn't go to a lot but one of them that i went to the prince of jordan was there because he went to one of the other private yeah. schools uh and yeah, the was, prince
0: of jordan liked those american chicks yeah.
1: <laughs> well his mother was american yeah. um i believe it was his mother right yeah, yeah. and uh and so he, you know it it was i went to school with dignitaries the children of dignitaries but, you know, I, it was just sort of that was what you grew up with when you grew up on Capitol Hill in yeah, Washington, D.C. That was
0: just the coin of the rum. Yeah. It's like uh, common water that everybody yeah. drank.
1: And uh, I, so, yeah. I, so I grew up with my parents throwing these great dinner parties. And I would never call them lavish because they were so, like, peep, like, like they weren't pretentious. They were really, you know salt of the earth is the wrong thing to say because they they were just, they were beautiful. They were, you know, the food was incredible. They were gorgeous. My mother, her mother was an artist. Her aunt was an artist. So we grew up with this value of the aesthetic. My father was this incredible chef. So it was always perfect and beautiful, but it was always warm and welcoming and easy to connect to. No one felt like it was too much, you know. When my father died, we sat Shiva. That's what we do as Jews, right? And Shiva's this very austere you know you come and you mourn together well we had a klezmere band and we had you know 50 people wandering Mm. around the house listening to klezmere and Mm. eating food and laughing because that's what we do we foster that sense in our in our homes in our space
0: yeah yeah when i die i want you to arrange the i will do your shiva thank you very much yes party um so you were imprinted early on yeah. with the whole gestalt of having a good party where it wasn't just nonsense and people, you know, getting overserved and vomiting. No. But people sitting around and having meaningful conversation and deeply enjoying themselves yeah. through that amazing magic that happens when good food and wine and good people surround themselves, right? Absolutely. And you ache right now ache. for not having your table ache and yeah. uh, you're not alone. It's just been awful. Um, and, you know, this this world up here that you're now such a part of is all about that. It's all about um, the table. Yeah. And um, uh, Christy and I and, and Daniel, if you're listening, you're going to go, oh, I told you he would. He's going to bring his wife in and love her up. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I love how much you love your wife.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, th- did you hear that, Christy? Um, <laughs> in spite of evidence to the contrary, people know that I love you. Um, but our table is particularly for me because I, I think I'm cut from the same cloth you are. It's my life. Yeah. I, I just – it's the food that makes me uh, wake up in the morning and, and, and do what I have to do. Um, and, and that's the radio show, too. Because yeah. this – through this COVID – this radio show on Sunday nights has been like these little beads on a, on a thread that have held me together Yeah. because to spend an hour being able to talk to somebody as you would at a dinner party. Well, maybe for five minutes if you're lucky at a dinner party has been, um, a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Except for uh, when I had Daniel on last uh, weekend, Valentine's Day. That wasn't a blessing. It was like a a variety show. Uh, (laughs) There were several beads, as a matter of fact, uh, embodied in in Daniel.
1: Uh, Interesting. Most time spent with Daniel is like being at a variety show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But Daniel is the exception that makes the rule because he's been on my show twice. What? I did not scare him. I did not chase him away. I did not irritate him. Uh, he came back, which yeah. is just, it's like the first time that's ever happened.
1: I have a bit of a personal uh, competition with Daniel about this show, so mm. I'll have to be on a second time.
0: Well, well, then you'll, if it's a competition, you got to be on a third time. Okay,
1: let's do it. Um, <clears throat>
0: But, you know, I started, I started the graphic novel on you by drawing you in a, in a summer easy chair with a glass of wine, but you're seated in a Catskill winter with a snowman like, coming up behind you. Yeah. And um, the next piece that I do on you will be likely that dinner party where you will be in your orange jumpsuit um, leading the crowd in sincere reverie and um, tasty bits will you do all the cooking or is it going to be catered No, you know i do all the cooking yeah um, are you a control do you have control issues
1: no i'm just a very good chef <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah I understand what you mean. yeah nobody can do it better than you you 're <laughs> yeah. a control freak don 't a little it, bit so, yeah. a
1: little bit, but I just am if there 's stuff i don 't do well i 'd rather someone else do it
0: <laughs> um, so you know in in seeing you eating that pile of hot dogs and knowing that I was really at the knee of something magnificent, um, I look forward over the coming years to uh, watching you evolve into an influential force just naturally by your love of uh, the things that other people are quite attracted to, wine, good food, uh, conversation and love, and, um, and, and being your, um, if you will, artistic biographer. And every six months, if this works out, if you do continue to be interesting and true to yourself and, and if you continue to be the only person I've ever had on The Evening Tickler that's sincere, <laughs> I will keep dropping these portraits of you down. And Please then do. After 20 years, we'll put them together and we'll approach Marvel Comics and we'll say, here is an idea that yeah. will make you even more money than you're making right now, right? I
1: think so. Yeah, of course so. The future looks bright.
0: The, f- the future is impossibly bright for all of us. Um, so, Leah, um, from an accidental meeting at the Speedway in Margaretville to ending an hour of discussing you, I find that uh, you are likely that person that defines the future of our Catskills, which is bright, Um, in spite of what you see right now looking out of your window, which is all icicles cold and back in Disneyland at Leah's table in the L-shaped living room before we know it. And thank you, thank you for for your sincerity and your nonsense, uh, Leah. I'm, I'm going to say goodbye to you now until six months from now when you reappear as the new and, if possible, better. Uh,
1: <laughs> Thank I've you. Got,
0: I've got um, Stan, Captain Tripps, behind me. I can feel his gravity, and uh, I can feel uh, three hours of a, an experience that will reshape you in a way that, in your wildest dreams, you could only imagine you wanted to be reshaped as, right? so yeah, there was an i hope so there um thanks for listening in and uh next week we've got some young people here that uh, that are so brilliant that to have them in my ear almost burns my brain imagine that so tune in next sunday night and uh, remember send cards and letters to the Evening Tickler if you want to meet Leah. She's young, she's attractive, she's got a real job, and she's got a house, she knows how to cook. That's All right. true. All
1: Send <laughs>